Welcome. It is the Ski Bum Podcast, and it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Get excited for the uh, Boston Snowbound Expo. That's what's up. We've been talking about this for like a month now, and I'm sure not long enough. Are sick of that, but that's okay. okay. You're allowed to be enough. sick of it. We are super excited. It's our way of kicking off the ski season. It's going to be a great time. We'll talk more about that. We also had a wonderful conversation with our friend, Mr. Doug Fish. He is the founder of the Indie Pass. You may have heard of it. You probably even have one. And he's also the man who started the Snowvana Festival in Portland, Oregon. So East Coast, Snowbound Expo, West Coast, Snowvana. But not Atlantic Fish. He was not the founder of Atlantic Fish. Not the founder. This is true. It is his cousin. Because we were just talking Atlantic Fish. I'm like, Doug Fish, Atlantic Fish. There you go. Maybe that's why we're thinking about him. I don't know. Doug does not sleep with the fishes. Don't you worry. (laughs) Never. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out. SkiBumPodcast.com. We're on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Untap at SkiBumPodcast. Also YouTube. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you want stickers, it's that time of year. You got your car, hopefully. You got a bus. You got a van. You got a box. backpack. You got a, a, a trapper bucket. keeper. A trapper keeper. <laughs> a, Yeti, a Yeti thermos. A coffee oh, mug. They're Something. good for Yetis. Stickers. Hit us up. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We'll send you some stickers. You can just put them wherever you want. We'd really appreciate that. And you got something cool to uh, to decorate. You're being an artist then. You're you're altering your world to be a more beautiful place. I like it. Yeah. Also, I just uh, found it. The Green Dragon Tavern. The Green Dragon Tavern. Yes, in Boston. Sounds like delivery met there. Maybe we'll be there. Who knows? Maybe we can get in and you can't. I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of secret password. Maybe we know. can't get in. I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Maybe like, they won't let us in. Yeah. Maybe that place burnt down. Who knows? Who knows? Favorite, favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. Big shout out and thank you to our sponsor, The Chuck Bucket. This episode brought to you by The Chuck Bucket, a brand new ski rack from a startup out of Salt Lake City, Utah. It's a trailer hitch rack that's designed to hold eight pairs of skis or four plus snowboards, simple to load for the whole family, and easy for anyone to install and uninstall from the hitch. Check it out at thechuckbucket.com. One word, no spaces, no hyphens, thechuckbucket.com. Boom. And for anyone who likes to shred in the off-season, which is ending pretty much as we speak, they also launched a bike rack. That works with their modular ski rack platform. So you have your trailer hitch. You that tower snow bike, that thing. There you go. You got the post in there. The bucket comes <laughs> off. The ski rack goes on. Four bikes along the back of your SUV. Good Ooh. to go. Year-round Chuck Bucketry. Check it out. Thechuckbucket.com. Thank you so you, much for sponsoring. You got a deer? You could probably put that on there. You got a Sasquatch? You put it on there, too. Chupacabra? That fits on there. Probably a cross, like a kebab, you know, like a like a spit. 
That's, that's right. not a bad idea. That's actually could be the next Chuck Bucket idea. They can Chupa have like, a bucket. <laughs> Chupacabra Chupa. bucket. Chupacabra bucket. That's the alternative. <laughs> We're gonna trademark that. So don't Ixnay on the Ixnay on the bucket Ubakcha Chure. <laughs> the Chupacabra is the Mexico, right? That's the Mexican Sasquatch. So, yeah. So that's our <laughs> our South American, like <laughs> our southern border retail option. Well, think about that, Chuck Bucket. What if you took like a barbecue spit, you know, and just have some sort of large animal bucket. just rotating on there all day? Spit bucket. You take off the Chuck Bucket, you take your skis out, you put on the rotisserie, you let it go all day, you get back oh. to your car. Deliciousness is waiting for you. Dude, you ski all day and then you're roasting something on them skis. Oh. Think about that. And that's like charcuterie char- 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 ski char- and Chuck Bucket all combined. The charcu bucket, like I don't know, possibilities the, are the endless. Chuba, chuba charter ski bucket, <laughs> chuba copper bucket. Thank that you, Chuck Bucket. Also, shout out, thank you again, Snowbound Expo. Check them out, snowboundexpo.com in Boston. Oh, it's gonna be a party. We'll be in Boston. It's gonna be a party 18th and 20th. With us. Yes, one if by snowboard, two if by skis. We will be up there. <laughs> I like that. That might be in the next newsletter. Sign That's pretty up good, that right? I was, I've been thinking about that yeah. one for a couple of weeks now. One if by snowboard. Yeah. Snowboard <laughs> before skis. One good. if by yeah. board, two if by ski. We will be hosting the Snow Skills Cabin Stage. We'll be there Friday to Sunday. You can't miss us. We'll be super loud. We'll be super funny. We'll be introducing some fantastic panels. It'll be the most fun you could have with your pants on. Just like mom always said. That's it, right? All right. So check them out. Snowbound Expo. We're psyched. Hope to see you it's there. It's going to be interactive. It's going to be like stuff yeah. to do. Yes. We're I want to give... check out the curling. They have a curling thing. And I'm like, I'm really excited. I'm all We're going to give live in-person hugs. Oh, live We're giving hugs. Hey, man, this place, this thing hasn't <laughs> gone down for three years. There's going to be some hugging going on. Wait, awesome. we got to have somebody with a goon hand to protect us from the from the weird huggers. Well, as Same. I mentioned on our Instagram post, we're supposed to have Yeti bodyguards. Oh, yes. Kind of like a Yeti costumes. So sort of like if you combined Chewbacca and a stormtrooper. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> <laughs> Picture that. That's what I'm picturing as our bodyguards, <laughs> as like our uh, our goons. That would be awesome. Right? <laughs> That's just what I'm envisioning. Let's kick this off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. Uh, What do you got? I had some reminiscence of uh, skiing in Italy. Ski Italy. Oh, hey! (laughs) And it sounds like pepperoni, but it's the end part of that called peroni. Ah. Ah! Did you order a Peroni pizza? What is that? We just take <laughs> Peroni pour on top of it. Oh, pepperoni pizza and Peroni. What? What? I just gave you the Peroni and the pepperoni on the side. How about that? A pepper, pepper, pepperoni, oni, oni. Oi, oi, oi! That's not a bad idea. That would be a great. Why is it a pizza? Pl- I'm sure they have. Like they have a special deal: a pepperoni, pepperoni and six Peronis. Whoa, I like yeah? that. Bucket or Peroni with pepperoni. Right. Boom. Have some sort like of special- Tony Baloney. Like Tony, <laughs> that's a pizza place in Hoboken. Tony Baloney's. Send a salami to the boy in the army. <laughs> There's that too. Happy Veterans Day, everybody. That's right. <laughs> uh, 
Oh boy, it's getting off the rails quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it's only a wrapper we're recording now because we've already we've already done the uh, meat and potatoes. It's meat in the can. Potatoes. Frank's beans. Frank, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Shout out to our boy Frank, wherever he is. Yeah, he he revived from the dead. He sent us a text this last week. I'm like, we haven't yes, heard from Frank. him in a long time. I know he had some uh, things he was going through. He was moving on up to the east side. He like oh, he's living the dream. Yeah, new house. He's living the dream. Working hard. He's all fancified. I don't know if he's too fancy for us. If he's just working his ass off, I think you he's know, working his ass off. I think he is. I love that guy. He's always got a place in my heart. That guy. Always got a place that, on the podcast too. That effing guy. He has a guy. place in Boston at the at the Snowbound Expo. Well, you know, as allegedly he used to take mushrooms and mow his lawn listening to our podcast. Allegedly, perhaps. I hope he still does it to this day. Did you know that Colorado legalized psilocybin? Nice. Just another Crazy. thing to do when you're in Colorado. Another thing. There's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be an adventure on the mountains. I don't know if you actually buy them, how it's gonna go. It's probably gonna take like five years, just like it did for for cannabis, but it's going to be a, a wacky world out there. I love it. They're, they're opening up for everything. Can you hunt a human at this point now? <laughs> Only in Pueblo <laughs> County. <laughs> it's County. That's regulated by yeah, the that's county. That's got to be a County level. You can't be doing that in Summit County, you know, not the whole state, just the County, just Pueblo County. I mean, you gotta, yeah. you gotta try it somewhere. Listen, when McDonald's breaks out like a new, like beyond McRib, they're not going to just, Make them across the, the country. We're going to try it in a very select market. When is Beyond going to go too far? Like Beyond cannibal meat? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, beyond like beyond humans. Like, wait, what? <laughs> beyond Silent? Like, beyond Silent Cream. They're not going to stop. It's only going to oh. get more ridiculous. Trust me. <laughs> Until I can 3D print a ribeye that tastes like a goddamn ribeye, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm very you, out. You're 3D printing a ribeye. Like, that's not a ribeye. That's a... That's a bunch of mush formed into a ribeye form. But what if somehow they get, they're able to take the DNA from like a Wagyu cow and somehow they're able to just take what's necessary from the DNA strand and the material, because life has to start with something. Is it carbon? Is it just algae? Somewhere you're able to inject enough evolution and DNA into that to c- turn it into what would have been a full-grown cow that's evolved for millions of years. This is why the human humans are going to go extinct soon. Because we're just, I, we're, whatever happened to being real? Just saying. Hey, I, like I said, I needed to be perfected first. I'm not. I don't. I've never tried any of that beyond stuff because it's gross. If you just want to eat vegetables, fine. Why are you trying to make it into a burger? I have a whole problem with. I like some vegan products. Like I've had, you know, uh, veggie burgers and all that stuff. And some of them are pretty good, but you know what? I take them for what they are. They're veggie burgers. They're not a substitute meat. There's no such thing as substitute meat. That's what I'm saying. And there's not meat, but you know what? Like a salad is great. Cucumbers are delicious. How Brussels about sprouts beyond roasted salad? with garlic and olive oil? Wonderful. What? How about be, beyond salad? <laughs> it's just vegetables shaved, made with meat. No, it's shaved prosciutto. Yeah. Just, That's right. This is my beyond salad. It's just shaved beyond, prosciutto. It's just meat in different <laughs> shapes. <laughs> it's like part of ribeye. This pork it's chop like, looks like romaine lettuce. It's like a sausage in the shape of like a, a scallion. I don't know, man. 
just just all meat just that like would be beyond the most veggies. awesome restaurant ever <laughs> that would be a great product to put out beyond veggies people are like i don't know what it is i'm gonna eat it yeah it's meat You're like it's vegan ish maybe no it's not it's, yeah. it's the totally opposite of vegan They're like oh i love this stuff yeah because you haven't eaten meat in 10 years anti-vegan <laughs> the prosciutto salad tremendous <laughs> Beyond veggies. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen. A little, what's the dressing? Cheese. Melted cheese. It's just like beef tallow. Oh, man. That'd be awesome. Delicious. Like raw egg. Just pouring raw egg over your prosciutto. It's like it's like steak tartare, pretty much. That's right. Awesome. Oh, man. All right. So I'm drinking a uh, nice Peroni. This is a yeah. good drinking beer. I got to say, this is kind of. Heineken-ish, but not as bitter as the Heineken. 5.1, dry, grainy, light. Yeah, this is good. Very light drinking. Saz and Hallertau Magnum hops. It's the best kind. Italian beer, balanced aroma, light on the palate. So this is good for, this is really good skiing beer. If you're skiing in Italy, of course. Or it tastes best, right? Mm-hmm. I skied Progelato, drank Peroni like crazy, skied, and that band on tap, skied Cortina, Peroni, and Augustiner. That was the Harry. That was when I met Harry. When Harry, when Mario met Harry. <laughs> when Mario met Harry. <laughs> I'll have what he's having. Yes, well, I'll get you another picture of Augustiner. Okay, perfect. My favorite, one of my favorite Harry stories is that I think it was when we went to Jackson Hole with the ski club and we all, it's like a Saturday morning. We're all flying out. It's what, seven o'clock flight, nice and early. And you see him going through TSA and he has a giant Ziploc freezer bag of shooters, like little little liquor bottles because they're all three ounces, which is what you're allowed to bring onto a plane. And he had just a Ziploc bag full of them. And we're kind of like, is this going to work? Like, is he allowed to do this? Yeah. He was allowed to do this. You're just three ounces each. So they're totally illegal. And TSA doesn't regulate what they started doing now. And I call this the Harry effect (laughs) is if you go on a flight now, they say, you are not allowed to bring your own alcohol on board or d- consume your alcohol. They don't bring say it. you can't bring it, mm-hmm. but they say you can't drink it on the plane. That's the Harry effect. Okay. A lot of people don't know. You can bring your own food. You can bring a sandwich. You can bring it all the way through TSA and bring it from home and bring it onto the plane. I brought a, a couple packages of Biltong. I had apples with me and it's not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. No, as long as it's not liquid. And I actually had, it wasn't a Yeti. Thank God it wasn't a Yeti a freezer pack. I had mm-hmm. just a regular, it was a pretty good quality freezer pack, but it was melted. And the TSA people, they pulled me over. They searched like, yeah, we, we have to throw this out. I'm like, why? It's just a, a pack. And it's, they're like, well, it's more than three ounces and it's liquid right now because it's not frozen. They said the trick is if it's frozen, it's not considered a liquid. There you go. So freeze everything. Freeze everything. Just freeze it off. Nice. Freeze your weed. Just take it on. It's, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is my weed pack for sleeping. I need it in my uh, neck pillow. Yeah, it's my neck pillow weed pack that, yeah. Yeah. 3,000 milligrams right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my 
and I prayed today. I was a lot more excited about it when I had my first sip, and then I started Uh-oh. reading about it online. I got this mm. gift. So I have. What do you mean you felt worse about it after reading? So it? I have eight one eight tequila blanco. Eight one eight. Have it on the rocks. It's a very tasty tequila. Is that Lauderdale? A lot of vanilla. Why is that the uh, area code there? Oh, I'm thinking eight one eight. Never mind. Beachfront Avenue. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nobody, everybody, we all know. So I, I got this as a gift. I think it was for my birthday. And I was like, oh, I never heard of this. Ah, uh, I know why. Of course you it's every it's the first thing that comes up. I didn't know. Oh. Uh, apparently, go. this <laughs> this tequila is owned by Kendall Jenner. Mm. Like, why? I uh, yeah. I, I tried it last week for the first time. I had it in my freezer. I was like, I'm going to have some of this. It's very smooth. It is very vanilla-y. There's, it's not... Like, this is like teenage girl tequila. There you go. And sometimes I'm in the mood for teenage girl tequila. It's very vanilla-y. It's very smooth. You don't get a if lot If anybody of- sees this at the Snowbound Expo, please bring a bottle of 818 for, for Brian. And some Red Bulls. It's a, of course. After we talked about, you know, the sad death of the Red Bull co-founder, I finally watched those documentaries that I was talking about and looking for. And it's crazy. The the actual founder founder found it in like the, I think the 60s or 70s. Mm. Like, I think maybe the, he started like a pharmaceutical company and then he he made this, had a different name, Kradong Gong or something. And then in the 80s, that's when the dude from Austria came and drank like seven of them and hmm. eventually turned into a thing. And it's just, it was, it's pretty cool. It's only like a 15 minute documentary on YouTube. Um, but you know, it costs like, or it did then like nine cents to make a can of Red Bull. Like that's what the ingredients cost. I'm sure it costs less now, right? They probably, yeah, right. Kind of the scale. They're like, and you go to the website, they don't talk about the drink. It's like the fourth thing on their menu. It's like, first, it's all about like sponsorships and marketing. And like, that's what it is. It's a big marketing company. And this drink is like kind of at the background, it's, which is hilarious it, and brilliant at the same time. They used it to create their marketing company. It's great. It's genius. It really is. But the one in the original one that was made in Thailand wasn't nearly as sweet. Then when they brought it to Europe, they added mm. more sugar to it. And the one in Thailand was made for the uh, kind of like the, the working people. They weren't focusing on the city, uh, you know, white collar jobs, more of the, the blue collar folks, the truck drivers. Mm. They wanted them to have that energy drink so they can keep doing their work. Nice. Well, when they brought it to Europe, they made it more of a premium thing and they jacked up the price. They added more sugar to it. Nice. And lo and behold, they just give them to like college kids and they would just pass them out at parties and, uh, have fun it's, kids it's crazy it's 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 so crazy the whole story genius but anyway genius. speaking of little girls drinking freaking i didn't realize kendall jenner started this company i whatever they're, they're they're billionaires like there's nothing i can do about it you know nothing i can do about it very yes, there vanilla is. creamy Sand. there is it is kind of tasty though <laughs> if you're feeling like having something and you, wanted you to and be- justin bieber enjoy that drink yeah, don't you? it's such a mm, <laughs> What am I gonna do? I am what I am. Look at what they did. To, look what the the Jenners did to Reggie Bush. He's doing fucking Wendy's commercials now. Broke that man. <laughs> Broke that man. Broke Kanye. Kanye's just Kanye. 
He's wandering the desert. Now. And you know what? We were talking about the gap, the easy gap. Yeah. Right after we talked about it. Boom. Gone. Done. Done. Gone. They said ski bums talked about it. Out. Yeah. Let's go to ski news. How about this? How about everything opening up all over the West? Not the East, unfortunately. And you get to open and you get to. Hey, I just actually looked up. Mountain Creek is opening December 17th. It's coming. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to that in five weeks. Damn it. Dude, right now, the right ball. now in New Jersey, it's like 65 degrees. Damn. And it's going to be 70 tomorrow. It's it is I think it's that hurricane thing that rolled through you, like rolled yeah. through where you guys were. We're getting the remnants of it, and it's just this like muggy, sticky, crappy air, and then it's gonna drop into the 40s it's by Monday. Beautiful down here. Beautiful. Yeah. The rain came and went in two days, and now it's goddamn gorgeous. Gone. Beautiful. <clears throat> you know what's even more beautiful? Right now in Colorado, Icon Pass resorts are opening. Winter Park open, A Basin open, Eldora opened. We're recording this on the 11th, Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. Eldora opened today, 60th anniversary, kicking off, full week ahead of schedule. Nice. One run is open, but they're open. Aspen opening next week, the 19th. That is beautiful and early. They had over three feet of snow dump out there. They were originally scheduling for Thanksgiving. They're doing it a week early. Why not? California, nice. Mammoth, open. Big Bear, opening this weekend. How about Palisades Tahoe? They're opening the 18th also. Utah, Solitude, open. There were some pictures, crazy lines that oh, were uh, at Solitude today, but they're oh. open. Brighton, also open today, the 11th. Snowbird opening next week. They're pushing it out another a week earlier because of how much snow. They have a 67-inch base. Ooh. There's a, a, some article saying Alta's got, yeah, more than that somehow, which even though they're next to each other, I don't know how it's possible, but hmm. we use different measuring sticks, meters, inches, whatever. Crystal Mountain, Washington, opening 1118. Their 60th anniversary as well. Schweitzer opening the 19th. They had three feet of snow dumping up there. So getting a bonus weekend, opening a little bit early. Canada, Ski Big 3, baby. Banff, Lake Louise, Norquay. They're open. That's pretty awesome. That's where I want to try to get a place. Yeah. So Banff, Lake Louise opened on the 3rd and 4th, and then Norquay opened yesterday on the 10th. Damn. Beautiful thing. Damn, damn, damn. A lot of snow means a lot of opening of uh, resorts. It's a beautiful thing. Keep dumping. Stay cold. East Coast, we need some cold weather and some snow because Killington is due to have the World Cup in less than two weeks. Damn, that's pretty neat. Crazy. Uh, in Dummerston, a plan to turn the old Maple Ski Valley into a brewery and distillery received approval from District 2 Environmental Commission. This is so, Vermont. This is Vermont. Sugar Mountain. Not Sugar Mountain, North Carolina, which I have skied. Uh, Maple, is, that, the old Maple Valley ski area. Yes. They uh, have approval. They're going to turn it into a distillery and brewery. Sugar Mountain tried and failed to convince us that the rock concerts and other proposed events for this location would hardly be noticeable because of traffic on Route 30. And they were they trying were, to get an application to host 24 outdoor events. 
yes. featuring amplified music. So they were picking them apart and shaking and jiving, and uh, they got approval to renovate the lodge into a brewing distillery with a 30-seat tasting room. And they also proposed 24 large events a year requiring overflow parking in the parcel along the river. It's so funny um, when you go and look at where this place is. I mean, this is such a Vermont story because it's like a those people road. are like, so uptight about anything new and anything changing. There's nothing around it. There's nothing around it. And they're like, <laughs> it's going to be so loud. It's going to ruin everything. The How spotted, is that going to... The spotted <laughs> cockatoo is going to be moving five miles further away. And it's going to ruin oh my, my. my yoga chi that I have in the morning. Yeah. Like, they're like, it's going to cause traffic. I'm like, there's, it's a dirt road with nothing around it. Like, traffic would be good for this. Vermont hates new. Vermont hates anything that's like progress and, and, and commerce and bringing money into the state. They hate that. Oh, yeah. Which is why when you go and stay at a hotel in Vermont, there's all these ridiculous taxes they tack on. It's like, hey, it's 150 a night. And you're like, why did I just pay like 300 for the night? It's like, well, it's a few taxes we have to charge. Yeah, we have the bird tax, the water runoff tax. So Maple Valley operated at this property from the 1960s until 2000. Damn. And it's crazy because the application for this was submitted 1,000 days ago. Hmm. Another classic Vermont move. That's three plus years. That's bullshit. What were you doing in that time? You were locked they were up. Not doing their job. You had because, nine you masks know, uh, on. You probably had to use like tweezers or like uh, tongs to pick up the application to look at it. But it's just like when they. Had... But it's like we've talked about when they pass a law, like they passed in New Jersey to legalize recreational marijuana. Right? Is there any recreational marijuana to be found in Jersey? I think there's seven dispensaries for the what? most densely populated state in the country. Right. Is there any in your local area that you've gone to? Oh, yeah. I drive past one whenever I go to Costco and everything else. Oh, all right. I but haven't gone any because there's always a stupid line. Right. But that's only in the last, what, year? April. 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 So, yeah. and they passed that law, what, three years ago? I think it was two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah. So they took like a year, maybe longer, to even put something up or authorize somebody to put something up. That's part of the problem. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like the people say, hey, we passed this. It should go into action right away. The slow hands of time, the slow hands of like no one has any sort of like. Let's let's get up and go here. Yeah, let's get this thing moving, rolling. Well, because like, you know, this is going to cost a little little money, little little greasing of the wheels of uh, change. Payola, payola, perhaps. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't call it payola. I said greasing of the wheels of change, not payola. Yeah, it was you, not me talking, but. So it's crazy because 370 acres on the west side of Route 5 and five acres on the east side. And one of the comments they made is that just because someone lives on a state highway doesn't mean that living next to a 24 rock concerts per year isn't shocking or offensive. Well, it certainly would be to the average person. What? Like you live next to a highway. Like, and there's 370 acres. I get it, but this is like the most Vermont thing possible. I mean, there's a cemetery next to it that may it may upset some of the corpses there that are there from like you know the Ethan Allen days. Yeah, 
You know, it's not the most Vermont things ever. What's that? These things. Look at that. Stickers. Boom. Stickers. If you want them, let us know. Podcast at gmail.com. You know what else is awesome? Boulder, Colorado has just announced they have new names for their snowplows. Oh, this is this is going to be fun. Ah, oh, Boulder. What a fun, wacky place. Good old Boulder. They're happy. Eldora's open. They're getting their ski on there. It's only about 40 minutes from there. They had a contest, and they just announced the 10 winning names for its snowplows that are part of the city's second annual snowplow naming contest. Huh. The names were picked from more than 40 entries. Elementary school students in Boulder were asked to submit their favorite names for the city's snowplows. I like that. Inspiring creativity around a routine topic like snow clearing is a fun and impactful way to connect with our younger community members, said City of Boulder Business Services Supervisor Renee Lopez. We hope to bring this contest back again and again. Here we go. Here are the winning names. Snow what? Snow Cachino. My favorite, Snow Buffet. I like Snow Buffet. <laughs> Flurry. Frostosaurus. That's a good one, too. Snow Monster. Winter Wonder. Grateful Sled. That's a that's a witty one. I like that's that, That's a good too. one. Plow Arena. That's pretty good, too. And Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Just Katie. So are they naming all the plows the same or are they giving each plow its own name? Each plow has its own name. See, I like that. I like that, right? Because I, I, I saw Snow Buffet out in the, <laughs> yeah, down the road. And Snow Buffet came by just ran over my cat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the winning names will be featured on 10 city snow plows for the 2022-2023 snow season. The winners will also be invited to take a photo with the snowplow they named. Oh, that's awesome. That's I like cool. that. That's fun. Very cool. So there you go. Fun stuff. Good stuff happening out in Boulder. Plus the snow they're getting, which is also great. Head out, head out to Eldora, getting some ski on. Boom. And that wraps up the ski news for the week. And now, on to our main topic. Drumroll. As we mentioned earlier, we had a wonderful conversation with our pal, Mr. Doug Fish. He is the founder of the Indie Ski Pass. We've talked about it plenty of times. If you don't know, Indie Ski Pass, collection of, right at this point, 133 resorts all over the world. You buy this pass, you get two days at each of those. That's 266 days. Which would be an amazing thing to, amazing accomplishment if you're able to hit all all of them in one year. No one's done it yet. I think they've maxed out around like maybe almost forty. So yeah, it's pretty year. low it's for what he said the the record was. But I want to know what the record is. Yeah, it's somewhere in the thirties or four, <laughs> or close to forty. So we had a wonderful chat with Doug. Also, he is the founder of the Snowvana Festival, which is going down in Portland, Oregon next weekend, the 18th through the 20th. We think you'll enjoy it. Here's our chat with Doug Fish. All right. And we have another very special guest this week. I believe this is 
your third time on the podcast. Yeah. You're in an elite circle there, my friend. Oh, I feel like Tom Hanks on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> you got your Halloween uh, David Pumpkins costume on if people are just listening. Uh, <laughs> right. Doug Fish, Indie Pass, thank you so much for joining us and welcome again. It's great to be here. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, so uh, a lot of stuff has been happening since the last time we chatted, which was about, I think it was early August of mm-hmm. last year, so 2021. Yeah, over here. Mm-hmm. That was before your uh, your movie came out. Now you have two movies. Um, <laughs> what's been the biggest thing that's, that's changed with uh, the Indie Pass in the last year and a few months? Well, there's been a lot of change, that's for sure. Um, but I think the biggest change is, is uh, the number of resorts we've added. Uh, since a year ago, we've, we've probably added, or since we talked, maybe 60 resorts. Yeah, I think we you're talked. on 60 or 70 at that time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're at uh, 133, and we'll be adding two more uh, next week in uh, Colorado and we've got a few more in the Northeast that will be announced uh, before the end of this month. So yeah, we continue to, to grow on the resort side and, and pass sales are uh, growing as well. So I, that's a that's the biggest thing that I see. And, and that's the most exciting, exciting thing for me. That's the most important thing, right? I mean, you know, you obviously saw something in the market, back in 20 it was 2018 when you when you first came up with the idea right yeah january of of 18 we we got the the kernel of the idea and then was it the 2018 19 season where you first came out with it no it was um uh it was 1920 uh, we, we we launched it it took us 18 months to put it together. Um, and, you know, we got the idea when Altera announced uh, their formation and that the, uh, the um, launch of the Icon Pass, and that was in January of 18. So that's it's very cool because, again, there, there was that duopoly there, you know, and you were kind of almost felt like you were stuck with those two options. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you produced this, this new product. It was it was great at the time how how has the resort management changed at that time because i'm sure at that time you had to go reach out kind of do a pitch to everybody see who you could get now yeah. is it is it more places coming to you or are you still having to go out and uh and kind of go to these resorts well uh it's definitely a lot easier to make those uh, cold calls um well, you know, when we first started, nobody would talk to us and, you know, they just um, smiled and said, that's a cute idea. Good luck. And, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, we're at 133 resorts now. So obviously, you know, everybody's heard of, of the Indy Pass and most of the resorts that, that uh, you know, we've we've wanted to, to join the program have joined. Uh, there are a few that out there, um, uh, a few really great resorts that we'd love to to uh, to to get uh, on the program, and um, you know they know us and we know them because we call them every year, and and uh, um, you know it's it's kind of it, it's evolved and it's the the market has matured so to speak um, in that regard. But uh, no, I, I I've made some some great friends and uh, met some incredible people along the way. And, and uh, now that we're established, uh, um, you know, things are shifting a little bit. 
And I know last time we chatted, I, you had, I don't know if it was formal or informal, you had a, a certain radius or area where you didn't want to oversaturate mm-hmm. any, any market because you didn't want to, you wanted this to benefit the resorts and not, not hurt them in a way or make them unhappy for joining it. Have yeah. you tweaked that formula at all? Or is that still pretty, pretty consistent? <laughs> You know, it's not really a formula. It's more of a gut instinct, uh, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we're we're pushing the envelope, I think, in terms of our density a little bit more each year because, you know, we see that the market can handle um, the the density that we've that we've uh, developed. And, you know, we want to see if we can add another resort here and there. And, and you know, our fear is that Somebody will buy an indie pass and you know realize they can get you know eight or ten days in, in on their pass with it and sleep in their own bed, and at that point you know they may uh, consider not purchasing a season pass. And the last thing we want to do is cannibalize season pass sales at our partner resorts. So you know we we track every visit. We we see when and where everyone skis, and uh, we can you know we can apply some algorithms to, to that data and determine if, if we can, you know, plug in another resort, uh, say in New Hampshire or in Vermont or, um, you know, Minnesota, uh, there, there are a number of States where we're, we, we need to give it a year's worth of data to see, okay, that worked. Yeah. And, you know, up in new England, um, we added, several uh new resorts but they're allied resorts we call them and essentially they provide a discount uh, as opposed to a free pass to uh, each of our pass holders and that then doesn't affect the yield that we pay the resorts it doesn't tap into the fund of the, the the revenue that we have set aside for our partner resorts and so that's one way that we've been able to address the the density issue and and allow more resorts to participate in the program without getting too many, you know, and and ruining it for everybody. And now is was last year the first you did the allied pass? This is the first year. This is the first year. And yeah. how does that work versus the regular you have a regular indie pass. You get mm-hmm. two two full days at all of the participating resorts. Mm-hmm. How does this work? So um, anyone that buys an indie pass gets two full days at our full partner resorts, and then they can also ski at our allied resorts for a discount. And they get fifty uh, percent off on non-peak days and twenty five percent off on. Uh, peak weekends and holidays. They can go as many times as they want to those allied resorts. And it's not a separate pass. It's uh, it's all included in your Indy pass. And um, uh, those, those resorts are able to also offer the Indy pass to their season pass holders at a discount. So now their season pass holders have the opportunity to, to ski at all of our other resorts for about 30% off. And so it puts, it adds more value to their season passes. It, it helps with their um, attrition and uh, you know, just supports the, the community in general. 
Was that something you and your team thought about when you created the Indie Pass? Or was that something that just sort of evolved naturally when you were trying to mm-hmm. increase the number of resorts on there? You know, it. Um, I always felt bad when, when resorts would call and say, hey, we want to join the pass. And I'd have to tell them, no, you know, we've got too many resorts in your area. And I, it started feeling a little bit too elitist to me. And I, I, <laughs> it was I the opposite of what you were going for, right? Yeah, you know, we want to be very inclusive and we want to support all indie resorts if we can. And and so we we came up with this uh this second tier so to speak. And this will be the first year that we we have it in place. Um I know that um a lot of our our uh allied resorts are in New England. Uh we've got some scattered all over the country of course, but um, New England will really be the test of whether or not this is going to work. And uh, we're, we're hopeful it does. And, you know, there's no reason we couldn't have 300, 300 resorts on the Indy Pass uh, between our full partners, our allied partners. And we've also added cross-country resorts this year. And that was a, that was a new thing that uh, we did in the spring. We have... Oh gosh, I think 20, 20 or so cross country resorts signed up again, uh, a good amount of those in new England. And, um, with your Indy pass, your regular Indy pass, you get two days at each one of those. So, yeah. you know, we're just trying to, to add as much value and, and spread the love as much as we can. Yeah, for sure. And have there been any major surprises that you've encountered along the way whether it's the number like the amount of usage or uh i mean i guess it's it's still kind of a an evolving beast right i mean you're adding this new ally pass this year it seems like every year there's always something a little bit different yeah well we're we're learning as we go um you know i'm sure vale is still learning you know things about the epic pass you know after 10 years and um you know, we haven't, nobody's done this. We don't have a model that, that we can, we can really look at. And uh, so with each season, you know, we learn a little bit more. Some, some of our, 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 our biggest, uh, you know, the, the things that have been the most uh, that, that really stand out the most are um, the usage of the past, you know, uh, that it, it ranges from zero days to over 30, and, um, you know, we have, a, we have a, a bell curve, so to speak, of usage. And uh, that, that data really helps inform what we do with pricing and, and uh, resort density. It's, it's fascinating stuff when you're able to track all those redemptions. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's just tons of interesting data that you have. Yeah, oh, there. yeah. There's more, more than I can get my head around. <laughs> and I, I don't uh, know if you mentioned it to you. Oh, sorry. Got it. No, it, it's there. If we if we ever you know want to tap into it, it's it's it, it's immense. You know, I know. Last summer, I think after we spoke to you, I think you went on uh, Tim Tim uh, Ski Rex Media's podcast, and we talked yeah. to him before mm-hmm. then, and we had the idea there should be like an indie belt, an indie pass, like WWE uh-huh. type yeah. belt for the person with yeah. the most usage. Did yeah. you put that past yeah. you? Um, not exactly. He said, well, you know, what about, what if somebody could visit uh, all the resorts? And I said, oh yeah, we'll, we'll give them a free pass for life if they can do that. And well, now they got to uh, go to Japan. So that's, yeah. it makes it a lot more complicated, right? Well, they've got to go to 135 resorts next week. And that's, 
If somebody could do that, they deserve more than a free indie pass, believe me. <laughs> Once we were saying like that, that championship belt for the season mm-hmm. could get you a yeah. free pass the next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I mean, I'd love to do that. I mean, it's just, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and we've got a tiny little team and, and, you don't have uh, a belt guy. No. And, and, you know, the, the data is there. It's, it's hard to extract though, to be honest with you. So, um, but yeah, we, we, you know, we would love to do, have a, a belt guy. Uh, we just haven't, you know, we've got so many other uh, things that are higher priority. Um, but those, those guys that ski 30, 40 days on the past, they know who they are and they, they know <laughs> they're, they're pretty happy about, uh, what they got for their money. So to speak. Well, if, if I ever encounter a belt guy, I'll send them your way at least. Yeah, please do. <laughs> uh, I said, I would love to talk to him. <laughs> so besides the Indy pass, which has been a, an awesome success, you've also been getting into the movie industry. Um, in pursuit of soul last year that came out after we, I think it came out, it wasn't even announced when we spoke. So we didn't talk to you about it. Mm. Um, that came out. And then just recently in pursuit of soul Two, Midwest yes. independence came out. Yes. And now uh-huh. these are short films by T Teton gravity, TGR yes. that are now, how does that, how are you involved with that? With the indie pass? Uh, well, technically I'm an, an executive producer. That's a fancy word for a uh, sponsor. <laughs> um, you get a chair out of that? Uh, no chair. Oh. No. Um, I, you know, a t-shirt, well, that's something. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, you know, we, we went to TGR about a year and a half ago with the idea and, um, the idea was, Hey, you guys do great films, um, about, some of the most exotic ski locations on the planet. And, um, but most of your viewers will never jump off a cliff in the Chugach or, you know, drop out of a helicopter onto the top of a mountain in the Canadian Rockies. And um, most of the uh, places that are available for people to ski are just, you know, regular old ski resorts. And I said, why don't you do a film about some of these indies and uh, tell their, tell that story because nobody's ever done it before. And uh, they loved the idea. They just, they fell in love with it. They they said, well, we want to do this. Uh, We need some help. We can't, uh, you know, we can't do it for free. So IndyPass kicked in a few bucks and we got uh, 12 of our resorts that were interested in participating. They, uh, they each kicked in a little bit and, um, you know, TGR kicked in and, and they produced that first film last year and it turned out to be a big success. Won, a, won an award and uh, had hundreds of thousands of yeah. views on YouTube. And, you know, it was very fun. It was It was cool to to um to get some exposure for not only those resorts but all the people that run and work at uh independent small resorts all over the country and uh it was very gratifying very gratifying to tell that story and so it went so well uh we said well heck let's do another one and i said okay uh well we need to go to the midwest then because you know (laughs) Uh, not only has there never been a, a, a ski film made about, you know, small resorts, nobody's 
ever made a ski a film about skiing in the Midwest. <laughs> I mean, you know, those of us in the West and, and up in uh, New England, you know, uh, we, you know, kind of snicker at, at people that ski in the Midwest. And I, I thought, you know, how can it be that people are, you know, when I started this project, I, I knew there was resorts there, but I didn't realize, you know, the nature of it until I went there and I skied there and, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're small hills, you know, they're, we're talking two to 500 vertical, but um, the people there who, who, who participate in the sport are no less passionate than anybody who, you know, lives in Summit County or Lake Tahoe or, you know, Burlington, Vermont. And um, I really came to appreciate what they have there. And, and um, so I floated that idea to TGR and they, they liked that one too. So we did it again. And, and it's, it's a really cool story about, you know, uh, Hey, Hey, how you doing? Good, Mario. How are you? Good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to be good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah, we're just talking about uh, in pursuit of soul too, the Midwestern adventure. Yeah, my dog's scratching my head right now. So, oh well, mine's probably going to start barking here in a minute because he's. My, thinks he's thinks it's dinner time. <laughs> mine plays this game where he likes grabbing my hat and running around the house and, and making me catch him. So that's uh, why every time I put on a hat, he's like, give me that damn hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he loves to chase, doesn't he? Yeah. I've got one like that, too. He loves to play keep away. Um, so, yeah, the, the film just came out and, um, y- you know people people love it not just in the midwest but all over the country and we've had you know people uh, resorts from all over want to show the show the film and and um it's just it, it's really a fun project you know there's there's no cliff jumping there's there's you know no neck deep powder shots it, it's just about real life in the ski business it, it was actually you know, very calming when i when i was watching it yesterday i was mm-hmm. like this is kind of soothing to just watch a nice story yeah. about the resorts and people and no cornices cool. cracking off and avalanches yeah. and helicopter <laughs> no, rescues, you no, know, just, just yeah. that, none of that, none of that. And, uh, you know, to tell these stories of the people, the, the people behind the sport is, is really cool. And, yeah. uh, you know, we were, we're talking to TGR about, a. uh, a, in pursuit of soul three and, and nice. uh, we'll hopefully be able to, you know, keep the, keep the series going. Well, it's funny. Cause we, Mario and I were talking a few weeks ago, once all the, the trailers and the, you know, the yearly ski films all started mm-hmm. coming out, you know, we always check them out and it's not to sound like jaded or like, mm-hmm. it just seems like it's a lot of the same thing like you mentioned people sure. jumping Extreme off a helicopter that you're not yeah. going to do or showing yeah. the same things that you've you've seen before in places you're not going to go and mm-hmm. then showing off the new gear for the year mm-hmm. you know it seems like it's yeah. a lot of and again it's marketing obviously i get that but um yeah. I, I don't know like there's there isn't like a not a, again blanket statement it's not as maybe it's not as fun as it used to be because it's a lot mm-hmm. of the same formula yeah. but when you yeah. see something like this like the first movie I wanted to hug every person at Saddleback. 
<laughs> I know. That I town, know. what they went through and the yeah. joy they had getting their oh, resort yeah. back. Like yeah. I wanted to hug every one of them. They were such <laughs> passionate, great people. How, how could you not want to support a place like that? And again, yeah, exactly. the great guys getting exactly. sponsored, like they're the best of the best. And that is so cool. And that's incredible what they mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the movie yesterday that I watched, the In Pursuit of Soul 2, those kids, I think it mm-hmm. was, um, uh, was it The Rock where they had the nighttime oh, yeah. skiing? The, yeah. the, the park i yeah. mean these kids just lap in the park till 10 o'clock at night I, yes. I thought about myself if i was in high school and i had a place like that where every night after school my buddies and i could go hit the park mm. yeah. i mean that's like a dream come true yeah, yeah. I know. and you know yeah. you know what you're living in telluride four o'clock trail you know gone yeah. that's that what right? i used to do yeah. when no. i first started skiing it was you stay till the end i mean it was all night skiing my first three years of skiing was all night skiing yeah <laughs> That's, and then when I first cool. first went in the day, I was like, "Oh my god, I could see everything. This is cool." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love the part with the crockpots. Like you see all the crockpots yeah. set up. Oh yeah, at Cafe. <laughs> um, awesome. I, when I visited there, you know, they've got these long uh, tables. They're like workbenches, you know, that sit that per, line the per, whole perimeter of their downstairs lodge, mm. and. Every four feet, there's a there's a plug in. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's and awesome, people come and it's just you know packed with crockpots. It's the Midwest way, you know. Awesome. You know, and uh, uh, honor system. Don't got, touch anybody else's crockpot. Oh, yeah. everyone's sharing, right? You got one guy's got oh, yeah. spaghetti and meat sauce. Yeah, Matthew Zabransky, who does what you guys do in the Midwest, MidwestSkiers.com. He asked me so. Do you like to call it a hot dish or a casserole? <laughs> what's your, what's your, you know, obviously they're big in the Midwest, right? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's just the culture is so, it, it's just really infectious. Yeah. When you, you won't get that go, at, at Beaver Creek. <laughs> no. And people from Beaver Creek will never go to, you know, Wisconsin yeah. to ski. Right. So they can go, they can go watch the film though. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you the first thing I did after watching that was look for ski resorts for sale. First thing I did. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Oh yeah, what a great uh, lifestyle would that be? Huh? I mean, so yeah. those those young guys they they bought uh, ski resorts in their twenties, and yeah. you was know, that little Switzerland they, they, was that the one? Yeah, little, that little Swiss and and uh, Tyrol Basin. Both uh, you know, a couple of young guys just said, "Hey, this looks cool. This looks fun. I think I can make this work." and and you know they they devoted their life to it and and you know it's become a success and and uh you know anything you do in life you have to be committed to and and um that's what they they were and and it worked yeah that was so cool i love the guy i think it was the guy from tyrol basin picked up his son eight-year-old son from school and they went right to the mountain and just started shredding together and i said to my wife my son's five i said to my Mm -hmm. wife i'm like this is what i want this is all i want out of life it's to be able yeah. to pick up my son from school and take him skiing. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you don't have to live in, you know, uh, Truckee, California or, right. uh, you know, wherever Colorado to do that. Uh, you can just move to Milwaukee. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? Or, or, or you know, join the cities and, and yeah. you can ski, you know, 10 minutes to get to the hill. Well, that was yeah. so cool showing some of those shots from the mountain where you're seeing the whole downtown. The skyline, I mean, yeah, Buck Hill. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. I just I went to Buck Hill for the world premiere 
And um, it's like 10 minutes from the airport. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's like 10 minutes from the Mall of the Americas or Mall of the Mall. Yeah, it was, it's crazy. Oh, but that's cool. It, yeah, it's just very cool. And, yeah. uh, and so that's what the Midwest is all about. You guys, make you, you, you got you to go there and, and it'll, it'll, uh, it'll just give you a whole new appreciation for this great sport. Well, it I makes know, you just, rethink a ski trip too. You're like, you know, you lug your stuff, you go in, you know, you're flying somewhere, then you take a bus, then you get to the hotel. You, you know, is logistically there's a lot to it, but mm-hmm. like you said, you go to a small town, you fly in, you're there, you're skiing. Like, yeah. why, why is that not great either? You know, like that. Of course, that's it's magical, right? Well, Mario, like one of yeah. your play, I, I went to um. Holiday Valley up in upstate New York a couple of years yeah. ago for the first time. That's mm-hmm. where Mario was talking about his like night skiing. Oh, yeah. where, where I learned how to ski. I went yeah, to Ellicottville yeah. and I was like, this place is fantastic. I mean, they did mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of work. It's beautiful. The lodge and everything there, but you yeah. know, the whole thing with the crock pots, they had a bunch of that going on there too. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like yeah. that nice mix of, you know, newer kind of fancier, but also that old school family. Mm-hmm. Cause you're, you're not quite in the Midwest there. You're still Western New York, which yeah. right. you call them Midwest. They will get mad at you. They get but mad. Cleveland oh, yeah. is an easy drive from there. I think it's like maybe yeah. three hours or so. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that that feeling yeah. is so different than, you know, again, going to a, like Mario said, Beaver Creek or mm-hmm. going to a park city. It's just like, you almost feel like you're just kind of a, it's almost like a cattle call versus yeah. being, or going to like, a, it's like going to like TGI Fridays versus going to like a local mom and pop restaurant. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, not take, take away anything from the Western resorts. I mean, if I had my druthers, I'd much rather ski 2000 feet of vertical as opposed to 200. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's a better experience and people in the Midwest will tell you, yeah, I mean, you know, it sucks having hills this short, but this is all we've got. So right. you make the best of it. But hey, what was the quote from the one guy? He said, uh, oh, it's like, don't dream about what you want, want what you dream about. Or there was, yeah. Paul Underwood, the guy. Want, yeah, appreciate want what, what you, you got. Don't, yeah. 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 Yeah, Rick Schmidt said, you know, our yo-yo string is just a little bit shorter, but we still like to play with the yo-yo. I love yeah. that quote, yeah. Keep laughing it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it really anyway. makes you realize, and we've talked about it before, it's just, this is where you learn how to ski. Like, if you're mm-hmm. local, that you go into these local mountains, this is where everything starts yeah. out, you know? Yeah, no question. And if you're a, a beginner or a you know a intermediate skier, that's all you need to have a fun day. You know, yeah. you don't need two thousand vertical and two thousand acres. Right. Um, Imagine your first day in skiing ever. They're taking you up the tram at Jackson. And you're seeing Corbett. Yeah. You're like, this is skiing. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, yeah, out. Yeah. Down. I'm never doing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. No, that's where people. You know, people learn to ski in the Midwest, and then they head west. That's what yeah. they do. Um, you know, a lot of great, great skiers have come out of the Midwest and they all started on a little hill like that. Yeah. Mm, that's it's so awesome. cool. It starts the passion. It gets you, gets you started, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. and then you get to level where we are at this level of insanity where you, uh, all you want to talk <laughs> yeah. about and do is, is ski. Uh, right. Yeah. So talk, yeah. speaking of that, Snowvana. Yeah, now yeah, I remember Snowvana. initially the question I sent you, I'm like, how'd you get involved? I actually did a little bit of research and saw that you're actually the founder of Snowvana. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yes. And you've been doing this since 2016. That was our first year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, this is what I love about you, Doug. You find holes in the industry. You find where there's a need or a want and you fill that. Mm-hmm. So how did yeah. Snowvana come to be? 
Well, um, in my hometown of Portland, Oregon, uh, we, you know, we've always done a uh, little bit of work for Timberline and, and Ski Bowl up on Mount Hood. And, you know, that's our home mountain. I ski at Meadows a lot. And, and um, you know, I've, I've always done, well, for the last 25 years, I've done marketing for ski resorts. And uh, Timberline and Ski Bowl came to us and said, hey, you know, we want to put on a new kind of uh, event. Um uh, in, in the Portland area, and we'd we'd like you to, to put it together. And so, um, you know, there was another uh, show here that was a kind of an old style expo. You know, it was kind of tired, and and um, they they thought that uh, you know there was something better out there, and and so we created Snowvana, and and with the idea that you know it would be a get stoked festival, you know. Um, and get people pumped up in the early season. And, um, and so we, you know, we brought in films, we brought in live music. Um, you know, the thing has evolved, of course. And, and, uh, at first the, the emphasis wasn't so much on, on, you know, going and getting a deal on a pair of skis, like all ski shows are, mm. um, it was more about the stoke and the entertainment value. And, um, and so, you know, we did that for, for a few years, uh, four years to be exact. And then COVID happened. Everybody had to take the year off in the show business. And during that, that off year, uh, we got together with the, the guys at the expo, the Ski Fever Expo, and uh, we negotiated a buyout. And uh, then last year we had Snowvana post-pandemic. We're the first post-pandemic show in the Oregon Convention Center. Oh, wow. Everybody was wearing masks and you had to have a wow. vaccination card to get in. I mean, oh, it was geez. it was crazy, but we went for it, you know, in the, it, you know, in November when Omicron was just raging. Yeah. But um, I'm telling you, man, people came out. They they came out anyway and and uh, supported it because they they wanted the stoke. Yeah. And um, so. Uh, you know, Snowmana's back. It's uh, opens a week from today, next next Friday, the 18th, and um, we're just uh, excited as can be to to put on the the coolest ski show in the Northwest. I'm That's sure awesome. if it was big last year, it's going to be bigger this year because it seems oh, like yeah. I think yeah, people tickets. are starting to look at life a little differently post pandemic. About they do, yeah, and people, people do, miss. Till next year for anything. yeah p- people miss human interaction you know the concert business it exploded last oh, yeah. spring and all through the you know they were setting records and shows were selling out all over the country all over the world because mm-hmm. people miss that human beings um they need you know that human interaction and you know this kind of thing like we're doing today is is great it's convenient it's very good for commerce but it doesn't <laughs> fill the soul you know yeah. it doesn't feed feed the soul so yeah. yeah our ticket sales are doing great um going into the to next week and we're we're just excited we've got 15 great films there we this year we started uh uh, the Snowvana amateur film competition. Um, that's, oh, nice. uh, it's, oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, sponsored by level one films and next and, uh, unofficial networks. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we put up 5,000 cash and we said, Hey, you know, submit a film. 
And we got 30, 35 entries from amateur filmmakers all over the country, all over the world. Uh, wow. uh, one of the entries was from Russia. And wow. um, uh, so and then we're flying those winners, those three winners. We're flying them into Portland next week and they're going to come and present their their film and we're going to give them an award and hand them a check. And um, it's it's just a cool thing. And and um, it's that's that's what makes Novana different, you know? Um, and I've been in the, the, uh, you know, uh, Brian, you mentioned you guys are going to be at the snowbound expo mm-hmm. up yeah. in Boston. Uh, that's another great iteration of a traditional expo. That's, you know, was, you know, arguably the biggest ski show in the world for many, many years. Hmm. And they've kind of reinvented it. And uh, they're coming with a lot of new uh, features and, and uh, exciting things. And I, I think that is the future of these ski, <clears throat> ski events, preseason. We call it a get stoked fest or a stoke yeah. fest, you know. Like interactive, right? Yeah. It, it can't quite ski yet, but at least you can go talk to people about it and, you know, be yeah. around it and look at all the new gear and, you know, it, it get and get pumped up. I mean, Warren Miller figured it out you know, 70 years ago, right? right. Or whatever it was yeah. 60 years ago, people in November want to get stoked and there, there's no better way to do that than to bring them together with, you know, like-minded people and, and, uh, have a good time. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm on the, on your site now. So Snowvana, S N O W V A N A.com. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at your video there and it looks, yeah, it just looks like an absolute blast. And yeah, looking just, at the schedule, you have a lot of films on there. Yeah. We've got, uh, we've got some great films, all the top films from matchstick and TGR and level one, uh, Benchy, uh, creative and, um, a couple Is of Inter- others. Are, of soul yeah. two playing. Oh yes, of, of course. course. yeah and then um so yeah it's the films that people submitted was there like Mm -hmm. what were the was it like a time range that you gave them like it had to be you know no more than a half an hour no more than you know i think i I think we kept it to 10 minutes actually yeah so these are real short films um and um you know the, the the film that won is about street skiing. It's really cool, um, urban skiing. You know, and um, uh, the runner-up was a film uh, shot in Russia. Oh wow! Know, before the war, and and wow. uh, or maybe you know, I guess it was shot last year, so it may have been shot some during the war. But uh, wow. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, amazing. You know, people out there with the technology that you know you've got to got a film camera in your pocket now and you know you can you can make some pretty cool uh content with not a a lot of uh investment it just takes creativity and 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 willpower i think yeah for sure and and somebody that's willing to you know jump off the cliff (laughs) that doesn't hurt gotta have that friend (laughs) yeah right you gotta have that friend buy you a couple beers after bro just yeah, I, I would, you know, encourage all of your, your listeners out there that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be doing this again next year. And if you want to submit a film, we'd love to check it out. And, and uh, maybe you can get a, get a trip to Portland to present it to our, our, uh, our people out here. Start planning now, right? They can yeah. film it during the, the season. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the whole idea. Yeah. Is there any sort of like weird film genre that you think is necessary? Like a, like an avant-garde like a 
30s German style film, black and white cabaret kind of thing. Oh, you're thinking the. That's a great idea. (laughs) Why Why not? Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Brian, you're thinking of uh, what's the one that we saw on on, um, the one with the snowboards? The uh, Apocalypse Snow? Apocalypse Snow, you're thinking. Uh, Uh Classic. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm not a film guy. I mean, I love a good Stoke film, you know, but uh, level one, those guys are good. And they wanted to partner with us on this. So we let them be the judges, you know, because oh, that, they're legit, right? That's if what I they say, do. oh, you got yeah. the best film, they'll be like, oh, bullshit, you know, Watch who are you? This. Yeah. But, you know, level one, those guys are, you know, they're really good at what they do. And they they looked at every film, they studied them, and they, they picked the winners. And we feel confident that they got the best ones. See, this is cool, too, because, again, this can, and, you know, we kind of mentioned it a little bit before, you're uh, in Pursuit of Soul and and the second one. There's a different, it's a different type of ski movie because it's this, it's more based on the story, you know, kind yeah. of understanding, mm-hmm. you know, the people. And I love that that exists now because that's going to open it up to other people telling stories. Like that's why mm-hmm. I love talking to you because I like hearing the story behind things, kind of like the behind the scenes, the origin sure. story. You know? yeah. Everybody loves a superhero origin story movie. That's the best one. The sequels are always kind of annoying, kind of trite mm-hmm. and contrived, but the real origin, how did, how did you get from point A to point B? That's so much more interesting to me than, okay, you're at point B now. Like right. you're an amazing, you're like the greatest skier in the world. We saw you just do a triple backflip. It's like, but how did mm-hmm. you get, to that point like everyone yeah. thinks i want to be that guy but most people don't know the story the hardships the, the everything that went involved. into getting exactly yeah. Yeah. well that's what you guys do that's that's your job is to get to the bottom of all that that's and, why and we just, do this that's why know, i love get, doing this i love the story the people, behind the story yeah. talk to the people and that's what we uh-huh. want to kind of dig and figure out like that's that to yeah. me is 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 far more interesting than the triple backflip yeah yeah, that's pretty cool too. But it yeah. is cool. cool. It's cool. And it's, it's gone. I want to see yeah. Brian do his triple backflip. Then, then I'll. Be like, <laughs> oh, man. I, I want to see the outtakes of the triple backflip. It's only going to be outtakes, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> oh, B-roll. Outtakes from the hospital. Oh yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't have my parents' insurance anymore, man. This is going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> That's the time to learn it. When parents are paying for it, yeah. Well, once you once you have your deductible covered, you might as well keep doing it. <laughs> That's true. That's right. Yeah. Right. Get your, get your, get your medical right. at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, Doug, you you talked about before. You have a um, a marketing company, and you've worked with ski industry before. Just kind of in the most in in the recent indie pass era, how has the ski industry changed in the last you know five or so years since you came yeah. out with the indie pass? Well. I think skiing has become far more popular. Mm. You know, we had a about a 20-year period there where skiing was flat. Participation was flat. And um, leading into the pandemic, you know, the, the numbers were starting to go up. I, I don't know if it was because of demographics or, or what. Economics, maybe, like. Yeah, the economy was was good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in 2018-19, or yeah, 18-19 was a really good year. And then 19-20 would have been, um, they figure, a record or close to a top five year. Um, And then the pandemic hit, right? And nobody knew what was going to happen. But 
turns out the pandemic was the best thing to happen to skiing since snowmaking was invented. Yeah. <laughs> and um, because everyone was trapped at home, they couldn't go indoors, but they could go outdoors. And what else are you going to do outdoors in the winter besides ice fishing and skiing? Right. Yeah. So, and when I say skiing, I, I include snowboarding too. Um, but so that just continued to drive the the increase in popularity. The numbers just exploded um, this past season and, or in in 2021, huge numbers for the industry. And everybody was like, okay, is it going to keep going or are they going to all go back to doing what they were doing before? Well, they kept going. The numbers yeah. continue to grow. And, and this coming year, we continue to see growth. You know, a lot of the resorts I talk to are experiencing growth in their season pass uh, numbers that set records the last two years. Wow. And they're, 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 they're still growing. And, um, you know, it's not like, it's not like it was, but um, a lot of people came back to the sport. A lot of people got into it for the first time. And uh, many of those people are sticking with it. And so I think that's been the biggest, um, the, the, the biggest, you know, macro change in the industry. And, you know, from, from my perspective and, you know, where any pass is concerned, I think there's a real renaissance um, of interest back to these smaller resorts. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've been a part of that, I think, but um, more so, I think that just generationally and, you know, with it, with the, uh, the popularity of this, this sport uh, exploding so fast. Well, most people are going to go to a, a, a big brand that they they're familiar with. So they're going to go to a big resort that, you know, maybe they went to in the past or that they've heard of. And when they got there, they found it was kind of crowded. Mm, and, yeah. and so they said, well, let's go try one of these that we haven't heard of, you know, and, and see what that's like. And they've realized that the experience was, was just as good or maybe for them it was better. And, uh, I think that's contributed to a um, a resurgence of these small these mom and pops, you know, and um, I think well, that's been had, really cool. Yeah, you also had COVID, where it wasn't as easy to get on a flight or stay at a hotel, so everybody's like, mm -hmm. "Well, we could drive to these mountains that are close to us," and yes. then they realize, "Hey, this is pretty nice. We could just do mm -hmm. this on a weekend without having to make." Oh, yeah big trip and, and big effort to go fly mm -hmm. and stay somewhere. Right. Definitely. I guarantee you there's people in Chicago and twin cities and, and uh, the Midwest or even in the East on the East coast who don't ski on uh, in their regions. They mm -hmm. just fly to the Rockies and yeah. that's their ski trip and they get a week or whatever. And that's it. Yeah. And this forced them to, to go local. And I think yeah. they realized, wow, this, this is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't need it. <laughs> you know, you know, we can, we can ski here, you know, every weekend Yeah. and, and still have a good time. I think and a lot of folks too, oh. who, uh, got, I'm sorry, who got the ability to work remote during that mm. times too. If they had yes. a second home, a condo, they were able to kind of hole up there for mm -hmm. a ski season and we're like yeah. oh yeah this is way better 
being yeah. here, being able to get more turns in than having oh, yeah. to go back and forth and go to the office and deal with that nonsense. <laughs> yes. And the, the other thing that, um, that, that, uh, did was it pushed more people to midweek because mm-hmm. their schedule changes. You know, kids were being homeschooled and that's not the case now, but still a lot of people are able to, you know, modify their schedules and uh, the numbers for midweek visits went way up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ours, Indy Pass, 44% of our visits are midweek now. And wow, um, wow. I think that's about, cool. you know, compared to about a third um on average for, for all the, all resorts, all, all, uh, skier visits. Hmm. But, um, yeah, people are realizing that it, you know, if you can get up there during the week, it's an even That's better old right there. Oh yeah. Work yeah. sucks. Snow is better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I think people are looking at winter a little bit differently. Like there's a change in mindset after being cooped up with COVID where people were fine being cooped up in the winters before, but then once COVID was over, they're like, wait a minute, I just want to get out. And then they start exploring the winter and they're like, Hey, you know, this is, we can do all this stuff during the winter too. It's pretty nice. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to dread winter. Um, Stay active. Be, in, you know? be indoors for six months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very so, cool. Yeah. So it's great to see that. It's great to hear that, the, you know, people are getting more fired up at the sport that we all love. But why do you think skiing and snowboarding even matters in this crazy world of, you know, war and COVID? Like, why does it even matter? What else is there? <laughs> I mean, no, I'm kidding. I, I think it matters because, um, you know, people need to connect with nature and the outdoors. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I think it's a vital part of our existence. And in the wintertime, um, you know, like I said, there's not a lot you can do in, in the wintertime to recreate, um, in half, you know, the Northern two thirds of the country. So it gives people an outlet and it gives families something that they can do together in the winter. That's fun. You know, I mean, playing the snow. Yeah. Playing the <laughs> snow. And, and, you know, I think every kid should, should be able to go on a weekend ski vacation with their family one oh, time. Yeah. You know, it's a great experience. Yeah. I, and, think, I, uh, I mean, how else, you know, I think we're so taken away from nature in our lives, our daily life, sitting at a yeah. computer, doing whatever, commuting, mm-hmm. but to have to, even though it's not truly an honest, harsh winter experience, you know, you're not mm-hmm. in Siberia, by yourself with no supplies, mm-hmm. but you almost like get a little bit of that need to need to survive this, not the most comfortable condition to almost mm-hmm. make you appreciate things a little bit more. You know, that, that yeah. beer after skiing, that hot chocolate after skiing, that mm-hmm. meal, you know, it, it, something in our DNA is, is wanting to reward us too for yeah. having that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, uh, Mountain life in the winter is not for pansies, you know, it's, it's right. It, it, it's a, uh, it, it can be a little tough. And, and I think if you, you know, you survive it, you know, depending on what your level of survival looks like, then that's a, that's, you know, you feel good about that. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, being in the mountains in the wintertime is, is, Magical. Just, there's nothing like it. It is magical. Yeah. It, it, it is. And, and there's no other experience like it. And uh, everybody should 
should do it and everybody should do it often. I think it's just mm. so invigorating. I think people realize too, when they're out with their friends skiing or boarding or just being out in the snow, whether it's, you know, snowmobiling, whatever, they're having a common bond and experience with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's a way to be social without being next to each other, but you're having that similar experience where you have your beer and at the end of the day, and it's talking about your day and it's, it's fun. It's, it's yeah. bonding, you know? Oh yeah. Re- recalling those runs that were epic or the wipeout that you had or wipeout. whatever. Yeah. Well, back to uh, in pursuit of soul too. the, uh, the beer league ski racing. I mean, oh, yeah. you, it was there anyone on the planet having more fun than those folks? No way. No way. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it, yeah, there's the camaraderie of skiers, you know, mm. it's, uh, there's, it's only two and a half percent of us participate in the sport in this country. And, um, you know, you may disagree about a lot of things, but everybody can agree if you're a skier, it's it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and with know, Indy Mountains, too, like they're local. Like you take pride in them because like, hey, this is in our backyard. This is part of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Part of it's our town. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody remembers the first place they skied. Yeah. It's like your first beer, your first girlfriend, your first, you know, it's it's something you never forget. Yeah. Mine is no longer there. Mine is a. But you remember where it was, right? Bell Mountain in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a, a tiny little hill wow. outside of Trenton. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year we went on a, a Christmas, like a Polar Express kind of train ride with my our kids down there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I got to go drive past it. I got to go see it where it is. And it's still a park, like a state park. But you yeah. see the old rope toe is still there. Uh-huh. But, you know, yeah. oh, wow. I think it shut down in the 90s. But yeah. just seeing it, I was just like, whoa, like that's that's Wait. it. It's waiting to be reopened, though. Look at that. There you go, Brian. There we go. (laughs) Boom. Synergy, baby. (laughs) Now, next on the Indy Pass. Yeah. Yeah. So, Doug, one final question. What is next for the Indy Pass? I mean, you started with Snowvana. You started the Indy Pass. Like, you're making movies now. Like, this is... uh, that Japan thing. You sent that out. And I'm like, I keep talking about My wife wants me to shut up about it. But I I think we got to do (laughs) it. Hey, you got to do it. This is the year to do it. Uh, With, you know, the dollar is so strong. um, It's a free trip, pretty much. You can do a a 10-day trip. I'm losing money by not going. Get your Indy Pass, okay? You can do 10 days. Includes meals, uh, bus ride, everything for 1400 bucks for 10 days lodging it includes lodging right and meals and lift tickets that's that's 140 bucks a day you can't you can't even get a cheap hotel for that here can't even get a lift Uh, ticket and daily lift ticket at some point i've seen flights for as low as 800 bucks one way yeah same, you know, from the east coast same thing goes for europe it's a great time to go to europe and go skiing yeah you know I can't help you with the lift tickets there, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to make a trip to uh, Japan this year and and nice. check it out. It should be pretty fun. That's on my bucket list. My my quick bucket list because that's in my one or two year bucket list. Like I have, uh-huh. that's got to happen soon. Yeah, well, getting older. I don't know how. You know, long like it's survive. like Warren Miller said: uh, if you don't do it, to, if you don't do it this year, you'll be another year older when you do. Yep. Right. <laughs> so anything else on the indie pass that's happening in the future 
Um, you know, no big announcements or, th- you know, like I said, we were going to announce a couple. What more else do you talk. want from you, Doug? Jeez, <laughs> well, 130 uh, resorts already, 133. Oh, <laughs> you know, I think uh, I don't think 200 is out of, out of the question for sure. All right. Uh, we'll add uh, six more this month. And, um, you know, then we'll probably slow down on that on that aspect for for a while, you know, while people are running their resorts. But we'll be back to adding resorts, I'm sure, by February. And uh, um, how about an indie pass lesson add on? How about that idea? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I think (laughs) I think there's a lot of uh, that's Doug's way of saying no. A lot of things no, we can, can do, but like, you know, like I said earlier, we, we you know, we got it. There's, there's three and a half of us on the Indy pass team. And, and yeah, um, it, it's, um, you know, there's so many things we'd like to do. You get, just got to prioritize them and do the ones that you think are going to yeah. have the most impact and improve the uh, product uh, as best we can. So you got to get uh, you know, free uh, interns. Dry and I keep talking about that. Free interns. Yeah. That's the way to go. No reverse yeah. interns is the okay, way to go. Yeah. You have well, interns that actually pay you. We pay for a lot of things with passes. I can tell you that. There you go. Harder uh, system is alive and real. <laughs> yeah. No, we'd like, like to go to, we'd like to expand to Europe uh, someday. I think right. that, um, you know, the Indy, Indy pass could work over there. It's a different world of course. And there's, literally thousands of ski resorts but there's a lot of indies and a lot of small, small coin like crypto coin oh uh, no <laughs> let's not talk about everything yeah. with this is a bad week for that. Let's yeah that. yeah let's not talk about that yeah but uh no i think uh you know we're just gonna uh continue to try and deliver uh good value for our pass holders and, and good uh, source of be a good source of revenue for our partner resorts. And if we do that, I think, no, we don't need to do anything else. That's, that's plenty. Spot on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's been so cool how you have found you said some people just think everything that we need is here, but you found Snowvana found Indy pass and both have been successful because you had the the right eye. And like we mentioned before, timing, Perfect timing mm-hmm. for both yeah. of these products. So, Doug, where can people get all their information for the Indy Pass? IndySkiPass.com. And uh, the price goes up on November 30th. So, if you still haven't got a pass, tick, only tick, tick. $329 for wow. two days at a hundred. It'll be a hundred and. 39 resorts. Real wow. soon. 268 days of skiing. If you think want. about it. Yeah. Think about it. What mm-hmm. a deal. Doug, thank you so yes. much for your time. Thank, thank you for you, what Ryan, you've done. Thank you, brought. Mario. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. It's very, uh, it's invigorating in itself. Awesome. Thanks, well, we really appreciate your time appreciate and it. best of luck at Snowvana. Have fun. Yeah. Thanks. Can't yeah. wait to hear more okay. about it. All right. All right. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you want more information, we'll have links in the show notes at skibumpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Untapped, YouTube, at skibumpodcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. If you want stickers, send us an email. We'll send you some stickers for the season. Cool. Thank you to Chuck Bucket, thechuckbucket.com. Get your ski rack there. We'll be in Boston, snowbound next weekend, November 18th through 20th. Come by. Say hi to us. Say hi. 
Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay polluting. See ya.